Hello friends, how are you? My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. So today I'm absolutely chuffed to be joined by the the old sister Lisa Doolan. She's known globally. Yes, he's back. She's known globally <laughs> as the uh, well-being queen. She's a meditation and mindset instructor as well as a few other things. She she's at the Sage in my apartment and she's brought along her dom. Hit hit the dom. Oh, the dom has been here. So now... Uh, let us begin. Let us begin. <laughs> <laughs> the bell is rung. Let us go. So, Lisa, what's the story? How are you? Thank good. you so much for having me on. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to have you. We're all blessed to have Lisa. If there was more Lisa Doolins in the world, it'd be a better place, Aye. I tell you. Oh. There'd be more energy and less, <laughs> less drama. Are you sure of it? <laughs> <laughs> like, good yeah, drama. The good drama. drama. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I was only thinking there the last time I was on, Colm had just finished Everest, and now he is just finishing Ironman. So oh, look, his legs <laughs> are still going. The events I need to go to fucking endurance anonymous. Yeah. I only put down the drink and pick up the marathons. Or so. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It is what's next. I'm running away. Is the fucking. Everest when was that uh, oh that was April yeah jeez did the time fly so yeah things have been great I have and I was only like literally this summer even like I've just found since Covid I think really it's like as if before wellness and health used to get quiet during the summers but now it just seems to have been so busy so yeah things have been great I've just been working away I actually just hadn't I've just kind of finished up in Microsoft last week but I had an event in there today tea and meditation so it was fab and um I was doing healing hikes all summer with Lorraine and yeah things are busy it's just been busy but like and I guess taking a big deep dive into my own self-development and obviously sticking on the whole sober thing as well I think it's just trying to have that balance isn't it of and then plus I was only saying to Colin there I, I don't know what, like once the summer hit in, I think, I don't know, I just, I don't know if I work that well out of routine. And I actually did find it hard. Like the first time in a long time now, I've actually find being sober a little bit hard this summer. And I went away there, for, but I do my little wellness list like regularly. I obviously do it with all my own clients, but I, it gets me to tune in myself. And a big thing I needed was solo time, but for some reason, I guess the last, since I've given up alcohol and I, obviously I've been self-employed, so I've been very busy and I was doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of self-development stuff myself. I kind of stepped away from dating and I was just focusing on work and my son and my own personal growth, just obviously with time wise. And you know what? The years I think just went by, but I'd only realized I'd never actually been away for a weekend because obviously... I used to, I, I could go away a lot, like we'd go probably abroad, like maybe three or four times a year, but like, obviously during COVID we weren't, but it was the first time I'd actually been away without family, like, um, without, and obviously I used to go on hens, and obviously because I'm not drinking, I'm not going on mm. hens, and I though I'm still friends with my old girlfriends, I have new friends as well, and I don't know, I guess a part of it was a little bit of fear as well, like, I was a bit afraid 
I guess any other time I went away, I was probably drinking. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I wouldn't have been the time. I have gone away by myself before, but like for a night or traveling to people, or I've stayed in a hotel for a night with work things, but I've never like gone away for a long period of time, even by myself. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I think it has to be, I think it'll be like, allow myself to be a beginner too. I think it's going to have something I'd have to get used to. And I guess the, it came up about going to Columns Ironman and obviously I had a lot of changes within work, really good changes, but I was trying to be sensible as well. So it was literally like the day, I wasn't, I decided I was going to go and then I wasn't going to go. I had the flights booked ages before. And then I actually done this inner child meditation and with my own um, coach and my inner child was telling me just to go to Barcelona. So I literally just like two days before managed to get all my shifts, my classes covered, organized the family situation and got away. And I can honestly say it was the best few days mm. I've ever had from just being obviously able to support you. And I, I guess I didn't realize how much actually went into it. Like I just the experience of seeing everyone on their bikes and the tension of the build up and the registration and the buzz on everyone and seeing everyone at all different ages and like I remember bump, we bumped into a couple that were from Limerick and like they looked like they were in their 60s or 70s and they were about to do like 226 kilometer like distance and and then obviously Colin had a bit of issues with his bike and and then even just getting to sit on the beach and like I remember at one stage walking down the road and I actually had to look to my side because I wasn't used to just not having like like somebody there like it was yeah it was just the perfect like I got to eat out and have dinners out by myself and I know a lot of people say they hate that but like I love solo time like don't get me wrong I am such a people's person I absolutely love the buzz of people but that trip was perfect because Colm done it with another guy and his whole family were there as well and they were such lovely people and they were so into fitness so we got I guess it was great because like I guess I could check in with you when you were doing your thing check in with them and yeah it was just an absolutely wonderful experience and now Colm's at me saying I ran it I did run a half during it but I remember Colm's laughing saying you do a half next year and I'm like why? <laughs> and I'm so happy just being a supporter. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you actually enjoy it as much? Because yeah. I'd say that was probably one of the best weekends I've had. And we no. were there for five days. Yeah. But what like what would you say? Like, did I you was, enjoy it? Yeah, I I I loved it. And first of all, thanks for coming over and support me. Oh, made it was a, made a massive difference, like having you there. And obviously Ross was there, he smashed it and a few other friends came and yeah. it, it makes a massive difference to seeing people at the sideline, especially after the like when I started the run so I done the cycle and you don't really see anyone on the cycle you see a few people but when the run starts I think that's when you have to dig deep because you're after just swimming 4k cycling 180 kilometers and then you're about to start a full marathon and all your energy at this stage is depleted and it's all about just being stubborn and determined and finding whatever games you can play in your head to keep your body going and like that when you're doing the marathon and seeing you guys there cheering it's an uplifter like and, and you go and you see that and it kind it gives it a bit of a boost so having the support there in the atmosphere is a, is a game changer for things like that you know and you look more stressed out than i did i thought you should have got a medal like you know but uh no it was yeah. it was it was incredible and i love that hearing you going traveling on your own like it is like 
that thing of that fear of, oh, geez, I don't want to go away on my own. What about this? What about that? And all these things happen. And it is a very uncomfortable thing to travel on your own for the first time. But then when you do it, you realise, wow, this is actually class. And I love... When I go away a lot of times with the Connor, sometimes, like, I'm nervous. I'd actually be anxiety and a bit worried at times because I'm in charge. Mm. So I guess I was afraid that I'd feel like that when I'm away by myself. But I'd never feel like that when I'm away by myself because when I'm away by myself, and, like, I remember having my own room. Now, obviously, I have my own room at home. But, like, I just felt like the room was, like, fabulous. The, The event was fabulous. Even that morning, like, the... The energy in the place of all the athletes, like and yeah, it's contagious, yeah, and isn't it? Cr- people crying and like the, and then the event itself is amazing. I've never been to an event such like that. Like though, I've obviously been to marathons, and I've never been to an event like that. But you can actually see the people loads because, like, it's like they're looping around. Mm. So you're, it's the one like you on the cycle. If you kind of stayed for the cycle, you'd see them probably four or five times. Now I will admit, Chrissy, our friend Chrissy, she is like the super supporter. She yeah. was like on every corner. I snuck off and did a half marathon <laughs> when you were on the cycle. But even in the run, like I must have seen you three or four times, you because yeah. you run past them. Yeah, and then the end of it was just yeah, it was it was yeah. magic and having you there and you know and it does it gives you such a such a buzz to know that there's people there supporting you and it keeps you motivated because you get to places where you're just so depleted and you have that salesman coming into your head telling you to quit telling you to give up and it's funny because the night before uh, the Iron Man, I couldn't sleep a wink. And I remember just anxiety going a million miles an hour through my head and, you know, nearly getting a fucking panic attack in the bed. And I remember getting up and just sitting on the balcony and, uh, you know, sitting there meditating, trying to calm my mind. And next thing, this little tiny robin just lands down right beside me. And that anxiety just vanishes and then it just flies away. And I remember thinking to myself, is there even Robins in Barcelona? Like, you know, but it was mad. And then I just got this sense of, yeah, I'm going to get over the line. Because before that happened, I was down with myself. I didn't know if I'd be able to do it. You know, I was feeling a bit off. And then when I got that Robin, then I just felt like, wow, this is the... This is it now, you know. And then when that flew away, then <laughs> after doing the Ironman, then the next day I went down and booked the tattoo and got a tattoo of a robin. Because I always, even when I was up in Everest there a few months ago doing base camp, you know, on the way up, just one of the days as well, the altitude sickness was really getting to me. And like that, just sitting down reflecting, and this little tiny robin just landed beside me and just got this feeling of hope and just being like, keep going. And that's a beautiful thing. Like, it's like hope comes in many different forms and sometimes we just need that little yeah look the universe has your back go for it yeah you got this and sometimes i think that's where fear comes from we start doubting ourselves we start doubting our abilities we start letting these uh thoughts creep in that we're going to fail that we won't make it or whatever it is and then when you get that little bit of hope and sometimes the hope can come in the in the form of encouraging words it can come in the way of seeing someone else 
smashing their goals and coming the way of like me seeing a robin or whatever the thing is that gives us that lift or inspiration and i think that's why it's always important to you know keep driving and go after your goals because every time you achieve a goal you're inspiring someone else because someone else will see that and be like well if they can do it i can do it and and that's the thing i think that's what we're all here for on this earth is to keep inspiring adding positive uh, actions and, and, and light out there that people can see and going yes this is it you know keep going keep thriving that's what I will ask you because I remember the day before I was after getting my hair done and I was like take a picture and Colin at the time was voice note and everyone I think he was actually scared that he did have it in his head obviously just in case he didn't make it and I remember just thinking oh my god like like I really what I got from Iron Man was that it's it's a battle of the mind. Like, it's not really got to do with their fitness levels. It was like everyone was shown up to conquer their mind, to conquer that feeling of, like, to, to conquer that feeling of, like, I cannot do it. But what I would like to ask you is, right, for instance, if you do keep putting yourself in situations like, say, on Everest or even at the Ironman the day before where you probably thought you might, you may have been facing death or whatever like that, why why is it that you, you do do it then? Like, why would you push yourself to those extremes? Because I think for me, like my got my gift was never like being a- academic in school. You know, I left school quite young. Never took to the classroom. You know, could never find my, you know, my purpose or meaning in life. You know, I've seen other people like go to school, go to college, start careers. You know, and I just oh my, I suppose since I was a kid, I moved around a lot. That I never felt settled. So I never quite, I always felt like my path was a bit different to everyone else's, you know. And then, and then I think when I started in my alcoholism and my struggles with mental health, I got really good at just sitting with pain and sitting with discomfort and feeling that like default feeling of, of hardship. I, and I don't know where it came from and hence why I drank because it seemed to numb it out. But then when I got sober, that hardship and pain that I, I used to feel, you know, I, I suppose sobriety taught me just to sit with it, sit with the discomfort, sit with the pain. So I got really good at sitting with pain, sitting with discomfort, and hence uh, was able to, you know, bring this over to into enduring sports. You know, because my life then got so peaceful from sobriety that there was still that inner kid in me that craved that chaos and that madness that I got from the endurance sports so like although that's why I love that Kanye West song Skilled Spirit I always put that quote up the man in the arena and then that song because you listen to the words of that song he's talking about like he never made it in school and everyone always like said he was stupid and dumb but he just found his own way you know and he was a massive success in his own way and that's what I love that I never done the traditional kind of path in life, school, college, career. I've I done it my own way and, you know, and now because of that, you know, I love the life that I have, you know, and I think that's why I love enduring sports because I suppose through my struggles with, with addiction and my mental health that I build up this tolerance for pain and discomfort and I was able to transcend this then into doing enduring sports and although you see them long runs as like, you know, they, they come across as quite like extreme. I find them very therapeutic because I find five, ten minutes into a run, I get all this endorphins, I get all the dopamine, and then I just feel a sense of well, I feel like God. I just feel untouchable. You know, I'm on that bike, I'm on that swim, I'm on that run, I'm just in that flow state, and I literally just feel 
untouchable. I feel like I feel elated, you know, and it's yeah. so it's a natural high, and that's why I love ice baths and saunas and jujitsu's because it, it elicits this feeling that no drug or alcohol or anything else can touch, you know. I just get this elation, true exercise, true nature, you know. Or I just feel. Boom, you know. Yeah, no, and I remember on the same day, one of the, the guy who was doing it, sister, was like, "I just feel so sorry for them. They're going to be out there for like twelve or thirteen hours." I was like, "Are you mental? They are in love in life." <laughs> I was like, Colum loves training. It's like he gets to train all day. He, they are living in the dream out there, and you could see it. Like when we kept running past, you were like smiling away. I was like, "Hey!" Yeah. <laughs> but I've often said that to um, obviously. I'm in a lot, I obviously coach and support a lot of girls that are getting sober and through work and then through voluntary stuff. And I often say that to them. And I I only recently watched David Beckham's documentary and he's, they are obviously saying that footballers are addicts and he never any good in school. And it's like, you need to, I don't know, like the addiction is like obsession. And even for me, it was nearly, I was able to put it in towards self-development and work. Where in the past it used to be partying and exercise, where I gave up them two extremes and instead I've put it into my self development and work. So it's like, I think when you are that kind of a person that is a little bit of an extremist, it's like you do, but I've even noticed recently that I need to put it back in towards exercise. That's why I've started doing long runs again, because I've noticed that I need that adrenaline kick and I guess I've often said that to the girls like you need to nearly find something else that you're nearly obsessed with that's healthy Mm. that's good that would that will give you that kind of endorphin buzz but it's not harming yourself or it's not harming anything else if anything it's motivating people and it's 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 you fully like I honestly was just blown away by the amount of the amount that Iron Man for me just was like a whole mindset thing. Mm. Would you agree that it's my, how much mindset would you say it is to how much fitness? I think mindset is everything. You know, the mindset to get you to that start line in the first place. Like the Iron Man is the easy bit. The hard bit is the years of training to get you to that place where you can compete in an Iron Man. And you need a certain mindset to, you know, to keep you disciplined, to keep you accountable, to keep you motivated. It's like, what's your, find your why. Like, that's the whole campaign behind Iron Man. That's the logo is what's your why, you know. And, and, and when you're going out of bed four o'clock in the morning, the middle of the winter, going running hailstones, you need to dig deep for that why. Why am I doing this? I can just quit, you know. But that's what I mean. You, a lot of people that I meet on them endurance sports, they've come from a place of, of darkness, you know, mm. somewhere where they've struggled in life, and 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 pain is a great motivator. And I think a lot of people that do them extreme things, like the pain was the motivator. They've been through a divorce, they've been through a breakdown, they've been through a loss or grief or just something just snapped. Or like that they have ADHD and it's just a lot of energy that they need to kind of shift. Mm. And once they find that they're good at something, like I was talking to a few girls on the day and they were saying that that was why why they're doing it. And even on the day, because I know, I know there was one of their other friends, he didn't get to complete the full swims because if, if the weather's bad in Ironman, they'll cut the swim or they'll cut it in half. But Colin was actually very lucky that there, there was the full swim that day. But I can fully understand now why the guy talking at the start said, 
by you just getting to this start line, you are an iron man. Mm. And I believe that because if you have the bottle, like there was one guy taking an inhaler before he went in to do like the full iron man swim. And like the seriousness of this, like I never realized, but like if you don't get your swim within a certain time, you're not allowed to go on to cycle. And there was people that were crying and shouting and screaming, trying to get through and they were not letting them because on column swim, the the current was crazy, wasn't it? Mm. Like even though the weather, the the sea was flat as a like this flat, but the current was really strong. So like, I mean, there's people going in there like, and they're crying about their like like partners going in or family going in, and like they're they're on an app. Like I mean, I can't. It was just, it was just everything about it was just. I mm. mean intense yeah that's the word i'd say it is and it's it's inspiring like when you see yeah when you see like everyone's start line is from a different place you know not everyone's starting at the same place some people are carrying injuries some people are carrying all, shoulders yeah all sorts of things so not everyone's start line is the same and the other beautiful thing about it is that you're only your own uh, competition you're only comparing yourself to today and that's like you're not looking to the guy beside you that has the better bike or the better fitness or whatever. You're just saying the only person I'm comparing myself is the person that first started this journey a couple of years ago. You know, because a couple of years ago, you know, I was fucking nearly twenty stone overweight. It was a walking heart attack. You know, daily you panic. You couldn't run. You were told Colum's told that he can't. He's never going to be able to run, weren't you? Yeah, that was yeah after doing the ACL injury a few years ago playing football. And, uh, you know, and that's and when you start in that start line, that's the amount for me. That's what got me really emotional to see. Well, I actually fucking got here. You know, I couldn't believe it. I was pinching myself going, thinking about like. The you per- were meant to do it last year. If I ran into myself 10 years ago and, and, you know, when I'm in the grips of just the biggest like low of my life and tell myself, look, in a few years, you'll be doing this, you'll be doing that. I wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? And now it's like this stuff and it got real emotional just as, now and it's like, you are and <laughs> you were oh man <laughs> did you celebrate it though that's what I want to ask yes. did you celebrate well, your success I, so I, I actually how did I so I celebrated my own way uh, yes a few days in Barcelona uh and hung out with a few pals and just every day was just gleaming with gratitude. Big, You could not wipe the smile off my face. Still can't, you know. I'm just buzzing with gratitude. And yeah, I think now since that I'm going to get into something a little bit less intense. Like, come on now, get into yeah. darts, get into playing <laughs> snakes and ladders, couple of couple of games of Bookeroo and uh, Monopoly <laughs> there is actually meant to be a new place in Dunleary opened up as a board game right, coffee shop there we go. <laughs> that's me new me that. new hunt but, um, <laughs> you'll find Colin down there yeah you're in lots of extreme board game 48 hour games of Monopoly what, you call him and go play board games and you get extreme. I'll be there in my Troy suit and have cis gels at the side playing Monopoly sweat pouring out me go on keep going come on he started come on. running two months later he done his first marathon he started <laughs> hiking a few months later he's on <laughs> yeah. Everest but, that, but the yeah, Iron Man yeah. was the one thing that you weren't able to get straight away. No, and that's what made me more hungry for it. Because I'm real like, uh, yeah. I'm real dog with a bone type of stuff. I get an idea and I'm like, I'm getting it, I'm going to get it. Every day I'm like, what can I do to get closer to this thing? And and that's what it is. Like, anyone that's out there going after something, like, write down your goals on paper because anything is possible. Like, if you even start small and it doesn't matter if you're getting setbacks, if you're, you're getting cul-de-sacs, 
You know, I love that uh, Winston Churchill quote that success is defined as staying in between failures. We remain enthusiastic. So even if you're going after a goal and it's not working out, it's not going to plan, it's taking longer than you thought, just keep going after it. And you know what the best part is? It doesn't matter if you get the goal or not, because that's not even the important bit. The important bit is is the is the journey to the goal. It's the discipline, it's the motivation that the goal got you, it's the persistence, it's the resistance, it's the experiences, it's the cracks, the laughs, it's the accountability that that goal gets you. So it's like, if you keep going after it, you know, it doesn't really, the whole purpose of an Ironman isn't the race, it's the training and discipline that gets you there on the way. The whole purpose of, say, starting a startup company isn't having a successful company you know it's the journey of learning about how to set up a company how to deal with other people how to learn the mistakes and the failures because you there's no way you can be successful in life without going through loads of failures you know if you're not failing you're not living you know and and that's the important thing the more you fail the more you learn and i think that's the most um, successful you people, successful people you'll ever meet out there, have been through a whole range of failures. And the difference between them and the other people that didn't make it is that they didn't quit; they kept going. That they, and even if the the business didn't work out, they found something else. And it's the, that's why I come back to your question: Is mindset important? Mindset is important in anything in life, you know. Because no, even I if said, you ha- is it more? The question was: Is it more? Like, what would you say at the stage? Say it's 50% mindset, 50% fitness. Would you say it's 85% mindset, 15% fitness? Like, I was thinking more like 85% mindset, but I'm just mm. interested in what you'd think with that. I'd say, For like, an Iron Man, full Iron Man. I'd say both are important because you need so good 50, fitness. 50, yeah. You need good fitness, obviously, to get into the start line, but then you need that mindset to keep you motivated because the body will only get you so far. And especially when you're starting that marathon, you need to find your why. You need to go, right, why did I get here? Why did I come this far? What was your why for doing it? My why was to inspire other people. I wanted if other people are out there thinking that, you know, if they're coming from alcoholism or mental health issues, or being in some form of struggle. You know, I was, 10 years ago, I was extremely out of shape. You know, I was like, I was a walking heart attack, struggling with alcoholism, a daily panic attacks, anxiety, depression, like everything going against me, you know, and I'd never thought I'd do anything like this, you know, and then just slowly, slowly, slowly making that, making that little bit of progress. You know, I got to my place. Yeah, you know, and, and so that was my main why, to inspire someone out there, you know, because it's that thing to, to one person, you know, to the world you might be one person, but to one person you might be the world, you know, so it's keep, you don't never know who's who's watching, you know, so just keep going, you know, keep doing your thing and just keep inspiring because, yeah, 100%, I was one of them hopeless cases that, you know, a few years ago contemplating suicide and take my own life, you know, and now, and now my life's, life's a dream, like, you know, because... I just kept going, you know, I didn't throw in that towel, I didn't quit, and there was times during that races that I really wanted to quit, I really wanted to throw in that towel, you know, and this voice in my head said, hold on a minute, Colin, if you had thrown in that towel all them years ago when you really wanted to, you wouldn't be here right now, you wouldn't have the life that you appreciate so much today, you know, so keep going, you know, just keep going, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying, that's why the pain and the struggle in the past has come back to serve me, you know, 
I don't have the degrees, I don't have the academia, you know, I don't have the, you know, diplomas or the masters. I have life experience, you know, the, 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 I the, as Dave Gargan says, the callous mind, you know, and I've that the growth drive. in me and the drive and the motivation. And, you know, that's why them, them scars and my attributes today, you know, and I think that's why it's so important that it doesn't matter about your, where you've come from, you know, that these things will come back to serve you. That'd be your biggest motivators. And, you know, if I hadn't, uh, if I hadn't been through that struggle in life, I wouldn't have had the tools to do an Ironman, you know, because I wouldn't have the, the, the sharp mind, the hard mind, the ability to sit with the discomfort to sit with that pain and not only to uh, to be good with sitting with pain but to, to enjoy it in a, in a fucked up way enjoy the pain the endurance the insanity and the chaos to get a buzz out of it like you know so all them things have come back to serve me so no matter where anyone's at in life or how, how how far down you think you are you know all them experiences in life will come back to serve you just if, but if you are on a journey that you find really hard and you feel like throwing the towel, just keep going because you'll get to a place in life where you, you'll be so grateful that you didn't throw that towel. It's like you're on the way up to a mountain and you're climbing and you're climbing and you're climbing and you're finding it so hard. You see the peak, but you don't feel like you're making progress. But it's like, right, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Because eventually, if you just keep going one foot at a time, you'll get to a place in that mountain where you'll have to turn around and you'll see that view and that view will blow your mind and you'll be so grateful that you didn't stop. You'll be so grateful that you didn't throw in that towel because now, you can see how, how wonderful life is but it takes work to get there it takes sitting with pain sitting with discomfort and sitting with yourself and coming back to what you were saying about traveling solo and I, i've been on a i've been on a good few solo trips now and i remember when i went on my first solo trip i found it so hard because for the first time in my life i had to sit in my own skin you, I, I had to you... sit with myself and i just found that like you know when you're you know when you're I think that's one of the reasons why I, I used to drink the way I drank is because I felt so uncomfortable in my own feelings and sitting with my own skin. But then, you know, getting sober, I, I had to sit with them emotions, you know. And then when I was going to, going to travel, I just felt like, wow, I'm getting to know myself. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the gift about being able to sit in your own skin and travel. And, you know, do you think you'll go on another solo uh, traveling trip? Um, yeah, like, no, you know what? I don't, it's it's not really something, like, at the moment, my goals aren't really around, uh, like, don't get me wrong, I love traveling, but more just for, like, I'd like to go away, maybe say, like that same, like, three or four times a year. Like, I definitely go on more, like, trips away. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know if I'd enjoy just to go away. It's not that I, I do like, obviously, being with myself, but I do like people as well. So I feel like, I'd, yeah, I'd probably be more so, say, go away with, um, like, go to more things. More like go to more events or, yeah, go over to events by myself or, like, situations like that. I probably, for me, a goal isn't, I guess I travelled so much in my 20s um, and now I kind of feel like as if I more have career goals, if you get me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, and I think everyone's goals can be different as well. Like, and I just remembering that, like, I know even from my own clients, like when we're coaching, it's always very much like, um, like even just for on a Monday or Sunday evening, they'd sit down and write three of their goals for the week. Like, a lot, and a lot of them can be just self care goals. You know what I mean? Or maybe one self care goal, one goal that's gonna 
it's going to make you kind of more like productive so like I think it's more about instead of it doesn't have to be always extreme things you know what I mean like I think my goals at the moment it was actually my birthday yesterday so the big five oh yeah you know I'm not but like (laughs) I know that I'm coming to like I'm not I'm like I'm 40 soon in the next upcoming few years so I'm like really becoming aware of like that I really wanted to be more business focused you know what I mean? Because I feel like, I feel like when I was um, kind of drinking, uh, it, my, my it was always social. Like my goals in my twenties were always traveling, like were holidays and were um, friendship. Like it was just always about having more friends. I never really cared about my career, though I did do a lot of courses and stuff like that. I felt like I never really like cared really as much about being productive in my career if you get me where now I'm a lot more like I think my goals now are more so like around kind of my family unit and building more security so Mm. and like don't get me wrong I will plan on traveling but I'll probably keep it to the four like say maybe trips a year but I don't know and, and I'm hoping to go away next year to America for yeah. like a few weeks, like maybe a month, maybe three weeks. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, so travel is definitely a part of it, but it's not like the thing that's not sitting or like in my solo traveling particularly. It's not really a thing that. Like, like, what advice would you give to someone that wants to solo travel? Like, there's a, so many people out there that want to travel, but they feel that they can't travel on their own. Number, I don't know if it's a fear thing or it's a go what people think going on all these trips. But at the same time, if you haven't got like you're not in a relationship or you haven't got friends are also you know, flexible enough to go on these travelling trips your only um, choice is to solo travel so be, what advice but, would you give to someone to but it can be hard to travel with people as well like if you're not going out with them like if you're not in a relationship you're even a very close mm. relationship or your family like me and yeah. you are related so I think with me and you like we can easily say oh look see you later or do your own thing and we're fine about that but you can meet like, you can obviously have friends that want to like want to like I've been like, like you travel and you're stuck to the hip yeah and like and, they don't want to yeah. go off and do their own thing well like, I love that because when them. I go away I love to go to the gym I'll probably love yeah. find a couple of jujitsu gyms abroad you know I love to go running and like, I like that I love like maybe listen to a podcast go for a walk like I like doing a lot of my own stuff while I'm yeah. away and you know it's better to have people that understand that and have them kind of boundaries exactly. and, and not someone not. that's gonna hang over your hip and and, 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 and it's supposed and to be able to communicate yeah you don't yeah. need to say here leave you alone Yes, you know you're breaking yeah. your head you know but it's like that it's just I suppose being able to all I can say to people is I am so glad that I did give that space and time because I realised how far I've actually come because I was actually questioning I'm just going to be honest in September like I went to a patch like probably coming out of the summer you know what I went on a trip I booked a trip and I was a bit burnt out I, I shouldn't have really did it and trip it, it ended up I went over to Spain um, and it was really hot and um, I brought a parting yeah, yeah <laughs> Lisa, Lisa's worn out from all the holidays <laughs> no but it was like I went I went from a really high busy time like literally I was flat out so busy I should have went to a more of a quiet calm mm. and instead I went over to like a really party big, party place it wasn't party but like it just it wasn't relaxing mm. like and and then I came back and my routine was obviously up in the air because there was a lot of change obviously with school routines and stuff like that 
So I just didn't feel right. And I kind of felt, and then it came to August and I remember thinking to myself, like, do I really want to stay sober? Like, because I guess my thing was never really the alcohol, if you get me. It was more, the reason I kind of came into recovery was due to relationships I had. I just mm. seemed to have a lot of toxic well, relationships. Well, your life has improved so much since you stopped drinking. Yeah, but you know so what? Our not- brains can... I th- you know what it's like our brains if we're not if we are a bit burnt out and we're not looking after ourselves enough like our brains can lie to us you know like and we can like you know I mean it's like as if you can forget how far you've come mm. like you know I know like your brain can nearly sell you the idea that oh, it was better before yeah it's mad yeah, and that is that, in a low place and that's what like they saying like the the recovery circles is halt is hungry angry lonely tired and these are triggers when these things are kind of off your that drink will that will come uh, attractive again it's like you see a poisonous mushroom and you know if you eat that it will kill you and it's like if you get it's like that would drink that eventually there's a part of your mind that's like oh, maybe it won't be poisonous maybe this time be different and I'll get away with it and 100%. you know because it's that I don't think we're nourishing ourselves enough and we're running ourselves into the ground and I was and, running myself yeah, into the ground and, then we, and our mind is just our mind is there actually to serve us and it's just it's probably serving us in a dysfunctional way that's just seeking comfort it's just seeking rest and it's saying hmm when did I last feel comfort or uh, dopamine and it's like oh a drink that's what relax me you want to get a out drink. of your head you want to get out of your head you want to get out of your reality because your major reality is so difficult to play because you're working like crazy you're training like crazy you're around like highly intense people and it's just draining you yeah. so your brain is just trying to help you say oh we need a break from this how can we get oh a drink let's have another remember you know and, that, and that, I think that's why the salesman can come back into our minds again and make that so I think it's important that if you yearn uh, you, when, when we're like while you're on the sober journey it's loads and loads of self-care wow. loads and loads of rest you know like cotton wool mode especially when you feel yourself getting a bit triggered like and the that weird thing is you start to get like sense yeah. like when you start going through patches of I wasn't talking about this at one of the girls last night when you start getting patches of that you're craving drink that means you're craving a painkiller mm, so that's exactly. when you need to put the brakes on and say to yourself okay well what do I need to change and I was just trying to put my head down and force and through a situation, even though I knew I need to change it. And then, of course, what happens? Your body will usually get sick. Mm. So you'll either get burnt out, depressed, craving for alcohol, or you'll get sick because you're not tuned in. So I had to tune in and I had to make changes. And I guess, obviously, leaving um, Microsoft, uh, even though I'm still like I'm still doing contract stuff with them the odd time, I, I was teaching way too many classes. I wasn't prioritizing solo time. So getting away, I guess I was nearly afraid to go away again because I had been away on that trip and I felt that it had nearly added to, it had kind of caused it, if you get me. Mm. And then I guess I was a bit like apprehensive. Okay, is traveling going to cause this Mm. again? But no, because at this time I actually went away by myself. So I wasn't responsible looking after people. I wasn't, and it wasn't as hot I the the situation and and as well I took it like I got my nails done I got my hair done I got I spent time just sitting on the beach I done a lot of journaling when I was over there so mm. not only was I there helping and supporting Colin but I was also massively helping and supporting myself and I guess all the little changes then have got me back like before my energy like I check in with my I'm actually going to ask you this question so today out of ten right being your energy right where would you say that your energy is now so to say if you ask what's the first number that comes into your heart six okay brilliant well i would have been a four gone away 
And that's why I was craving alcohol. And when I came back off the trip, I was a seven. Brilliant. So like if, it's clicking in with ourselves. What would, if you could have went back and changed something in September, what would you have done differently that you think would have prevented you from hitting that low point? There was a decision I had to make around the job that I was just kind of burying my... In. I'd always said when I first started there that I'd only stay a year. And I was there a year and a half. And I guess there was just... Yeah, so I guess I probably... Yeah, if I could go back and do it again, I guess I wouldn't do it and do it differently. I, I know this might sound mad, but no. I just... I feel like when I look back, I think everything happened as, as it was yeah. meant to be. Like yeah. I, And you know what? I'm not afraid to take risks. And I did take a risk. You know what I mean? Like, I took a risk mm. by walking away from Microsoft. I had a, had a contract full-time in a really good company. And I still love it there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I was only in there today. So I took a risk going to Barcelona. Mm. Like, I, at a time when I probably shouldn't have, like, if you get me, because I'm, like, it just, nothing was kind of adding up. But what I did was I sat within meditation. I connected with my inner child. And I wouldn't have done it differently because I think everything happened as it was meant to. Where I would have fucked myself up, and I see so many people doing it, is they ignored that. They don't sit with themselves. They don't connect with it. They got sick. They they started the medication like I did. The doctor handed me a medication I was meant to take for a month for pain. Antibiotics? No, it wasn't antibiotic. It's, it's actually a neuro pathway medication that you take because there was a pain. I was getting a pain in my I, kidney. Okay. And... Um, but when I and so he handed me a medication and I, I took it for a day or two and I, don't get me wrong, it was amazing. I felt completely relaxed and was like, yes. Like obviously people picking up a drink, yes. It was the opiate, was it? It no, it, I don't know, it was just a pain. I don't know, I can't even think of the name, but it was it whatever it is, it it turns off your neurotransmitters. Right. So it will stop any pain signals it's, getting sent to the body. So I took it for two days. He said a month. I'm such an addict. As soon as you said that, I was like, Wow, I <laughs> wanna try Anna? this drug. Yeah. <laughs> no, Colin, because you know what? Two days, yeah, but it was great for two days because I had yeah. been in a lot of pain. So yeah. it cut off the pain. But after that, hold on a minute. Oh, Am mad. I a health and mindset coach? Yeah. Like, is this completely crazy. going was, against what I agree? I was watching that uh, thing on uh, Disney Plus. The um, It's called Dope Sick, and it's okay. about the uh, o- Oxycontins in America, the opiates, and how the pharma company, they changed the label to say it's not addictive. But then there was this big epidemic where everyone was getting addicted to it. All Even doctors were getting yeah. addicted to it. And it's just like, wow, you know, like, everyone getting addicted to this this uh like cody and oxycontin and that's why i'm terrified to go near any pharmaceutical stuff like the only stuff i've probably taken in the last couple of years was that were antibiotics and ibuprofen like other than that because i remember when i got my knee surgery five years ago mm. and they gave me really strong painkillers and i got such a buzz out of my and i remember talking to my sponsor and he says i use them for the right reason and i remember questioning myself going wait am i actually using these am i using these for for the lift and the buzz i'm getting and i ended I was so unsure I just threw them out threw them in the bin and that's kind of happened to me don't get me wrong I did need them and that's what I will say to people if they need to go on antidepressant don't be afraid to go on it for a month or three months but have that cut off point mm. like for me I actually did need them for a few days because I was getting dizzy spells and I wasn't able to drive because my body was in pain constantly so I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't have I needed them but like what you said I after three days I was like no because I couldn't mm. run 
Like I was, I was walking around. But like isn't it great that you have that? That yeah. what you weren't chasing the bulls. Like after three days, you weren't just going bull. But I had know, to that, sit that. with it then. And I think we all, I know that I have that spiritual conscience that from doing something that's wrong, yeah. I feel anxious. I feel off. I say right, this isn't see. My stomach will feel all off because I know what I'm doing doesn't align to my values. And like that, if after them couple of days of, of you know taking this painkiller, if you're feeling so well, this doesn't sit with me. You know, you're it's not right. Like. You know, yeah, and if we think if I heard Pat Dively saying this thing the other day, and it's so true. Like before, I was constantly trying to, trying to like, what is wrong with like, why is it every three or four months that I am getting this pain? And I was doing everything like I was going out to Paddy's, doing the breath work, doing the gout, and blah blah blah, trying to make changes. When I realized, think of it like a traffic light system, right? Your green is when you're good to go. Mm. You can take on as much as you want. Your amber is when I you start getting that like. Some people get a cold sore. Some people get a pain in their back. Some people get a sore throat. Some people get like burnouts. When you start to feel that coming on. So for me now on, it's when I start to feel that sensation coming on, that's when I need to be putting on the stoppers. That's when I need to be cutting down as much as I'm doing. That's what I need. Like, what is your, like, and the red is when you have to go to the doctor mm. or you have to take a week off work. Like, what is your kind of, like, do you, do you have something in your body that kind of triggers you that look when you know you're, you're getting to the stage where it's time for you to step back and slow mm. down? Yeah, anxiety. When I, when I get tired, I get anxious. And I used to have this, like, really dysfunctional cope mechanism where the more tired I got, the more I wanted to do. Yeah. Because doing was a distraction, movement was a distraction. So I'd be exhausted from training, feel crazy anxious, and the mind be like, I feel feel comfortable with this, I wanna keep moving. So I'd yeah. run more, train more, like just keep moving. So I didn't have to sit with the anxiety. So now I'm learning that anxiety is 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 it's like a fire alarm. You know, it's your brain signaling and like sit with it. Because we live in a society now where we're constantly distracted. We have a phone, we have food, we have have like have social media we have everything so everything's there to design so we don't have to sit with ourselves one of the most difficult things as a human being to do is sit with feelings sit with emotions just sit within our own skins and how often do we get an opportunity to do that and i'm only realizing this actually through doing triathlon is that like when i'm doing like these four hour swims you you know distractions and you've all these thoughts you could have stuff popping up from the past or worries from the future and they're coming into your head and it's giving you an opportunity to actually look at stuff and like put it in a nice little put it on a shelf and label it and say right I'll take action for this or I'm powerless over that and any scenarios that are procrastination that's floating around the mind that's causing us this subtle anxiety you can kind of just have a look at it and decipher it you know and I didn't have an opportunity to spend that amount of time we own swim and then realised like why why am I waiting why do I have to like only wait like doing Jordan sports to spend as much time we own you know why am I doing this on a daily basis you know and then through doing like the ice baths and the meditation and literally put I put my phone on airplane mode nine o'clock every night read a book and then like you know try and just try and sit more on my skin try not to have any distractions and sit like because I find that when I have subtle anxiety it's usually because I'm not I'm running from something I'm procrastinating something that's making me feel uncomfortable you know I 
and when I spend enough time sitting on my own, I get that answer. I get that intuitive kind of Google. I have this intuitive Google Maps that will give me direction, but it's only if I'll sit long enough with it. And, you know, I think uh, Ram Daz, that quote, you know, when you're quiet in the garden, you'll start to hear the birds start to sing. And that's it. We're never, you're talking about burnout. You know, when we, if we sat down long enough to listen to our minds, we realise, why are we actually getting born out? What recovery for me is, is, is really about doing less. Like, it's about, like, even this morning, I had that tea meditation. And one of my friends asked me to meet her for a dip before I knew we were coming to the podcast. The old me would have said, yeah. Like, I had literally an hour window. But I was like, you know what? I might jump, throw a dip in there. Mm. And I would have been like a mad woman. But, you know, now what recovery has taught me is that less is so much more. And exactly, like, come back that in July, when I went from being really busy away to a holiday that was fairly full on, where it would have been better for me to go away and actually sit with less. And like we, and like that, once we push ourselves past a, a, the state of exhaustion, it's very hard. It's probably the hardest thing you can do is actually sitting with it. Mm. It's actually, and like even, like that is probably the hardest part for, for more people. It's not, at the end of the day, we live in a world that there is more of everything. It's mm. not people doing more that the problem is. It's people doing less mm. that the problem is. And it's not even about having to, when you do feel like this, having to do all these A, B, C, D things. It's more about like, right, what actually do I not need to do? Like, how can I actually like do less and step away? And even though you go away to Mayo, like, and that's your, because that's a really less down there. Like yeah, Mayo's just slow and I love quiet going out there, yeah. Get the connecting. tent out, camping and... Just connect to, do to less. nature. Yeah, it is yeah, though. Less then is powerful. It's just this, and it is, it's not about quantity, it's quality mm. that we have this thing, more, 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 more. It's like, you know? And then you burn out, and it's just. And then like, you're like, why did that just, happen? Yeah, that's a slow, steady, gentle, easy living. But it took me a long time to learn that. And you, like what you said when I asked you about, would you go back and change it? And you said, no, because we need to go down these rabbit holes. We to need to changes. touch the stove. Because mm-hmm. with pain comes wisdom. You know, yeah. the, the, man is, the wisest man has made a lot of mistakes. And if I didn't keep making the mistakes, my life wouldn't be growing. Exactly. So like I only change from mistakes nearly. Mm. So it's like when I get to a stage of burnout, that's when I'm like, like I remember in Druid's Glen, I was in the pool teaching swimming lessons. I didn't want to be doing that, mm. but I just kept doing it because we were getting paid really yeah. well. And then I, but I knew I, my, the only reason I went there, I was recovering from um, Martin's death. And I just felt like I needed that. I needed that kind of time to, to just, because down there it's absolutely beautiful but unless I started kind of getting like like just overdoing so much with the lessons and the yoga and the plates, I'd said to myself if this happens again if I get like this again that I have to take a week off work sick I'll I'm just gonna leave and it's from them spaces when you're pushing yourself too much does it make you change mm. and grow and move forward and yeah obviously that's what I want to do like when I do turn 40 and that's my main focus now for my 40s to actually get it be, be more secure mm. like you know i mean like and it's all we're doing is learning from every experience yeah it's so true isn't it yeah and i love what you said about taking risks you know i'd, I'd much rather live a life full of risk and failure than a life lived in a, in the safe zone in the comfort zone because you don't live mm. imagine living in a life where you never like took the risk took, took the leap of faith 
you know, try to go for a job interview, try to go travelling, try to go for a goal or go for the marathon or whatever it is. Imagine how whole lives we just played it safe, always listen to that fear, always listen to that self-doubt in our heads that said, no, you can't, and your whole life you believed you can't, and then you're on your deathbed going, I wish I, could, I, wish I took more risks in life, yeah. you know, and I think that's living. You know what? I love that quote. You know, there's no growth in the comfort zone, and there's no comfort in the growth zone. And that's it. One thing I'm grateful for: I took lots of risks. And when I look back, even on my life of the mad parties and the like, the fun times that I had, I don't have any regrets because mm. you know what? Now that like I'm obviously making more sensible, sane choices now, but I still can look back with that fondness and be like, you know what? Like. Like you're in your twenties, you're in your like whatever teens. Like live at that at, at that stage. That's what living was to me. Mm. But now this is what living is to me. And like I remember you asked me that we were on the height the other day. Well, what would you you're, if you were eighty three or something? What would you say? And you know what? I definitely go back and say you know I, I wouldn't be hard on myself for them like them stupid decisions that you made or those things that you did wrong. And life, I think, is all about forgiveness. And the mm. number one person we have to forgive is ourselves. Yeah, it's so true. It's hard, yeah. like, we can give so much love and compassion for everyone around us, even our enemies, but yet we can't come to forgive ourselves and be nice to ourselves. But you, you know? learn to, I think, yeah. with recovery and with... Isn't it mad? And you're born with you, you spend your most time with you, you die with you, but yet we're, we spend most of our time trying to get away from ourselves. You know, trying to yeah. escape ourselves and but, I think but, when you get to a place where you enjoy your own company that's I think I think that's when you start to arrive at life when you don't give a shit what people think you don't give a shit what oh what if they think we did this or think once you're at peace of mind once you enjoy spending you know enjoy your own company enjoy being in your own skin not constantly looking for approval and seeking uh, this validation and constantly wondering are you enough maybe if I buy these runners I'll be enough maybe if I get that money I'll be enough maybe if I get into this body composition I'll be enough and we're constantly trying to be enough without realising hold on a minute I was enough the whole time like mm. you know I don't need any external thing to make me feel enough and it's an internal thing and I remember someone say the hardest journey you'll ever make harder than on any Iron Man is making the journey from a head to a heart because when you're in your head you're constantly full of criticism you're constantly full of oh you're not enough you're a piece of shit you're this you're that but when you're in your heart you're just full of compassion and, you're full of acceptance and like I'll sit now say for instance if I had a decision to make I'll sit and go with my heart now don't get me wrong my heart is 80% of the time it's right but there is the odd time then where I will have done something left from my heart and it mightn't have worked out mm. but again like you said isn't it odd? like at the end of the day what is right and wrong mm. Like what? Like I remember looking at David Beckham's story. Like he, from his failures, he got most famous. Mm. He had his most from every time he made a mistake and the crowd booed him. He scored more and more goals. Mm. That was his drive. So he turned failure into drive. Mm. And it's like that's what it, this is world is all about. Like yeah. what is failure? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is no failure. It's and trust in your heart, trust in the intuition, and stepping out of that fear in the mind and. Like, well done to you, Colm, because all I can say is doing that many hours of training, I guess that's what you're... Well, I enjoy it. You know, I don't see it as training. I see it as, like, dessert. It's <laughs> <laughs> my cake. So, Lise, we're just coming up on the time here. It's been an absolute pleasure 
sharing the space with you and having the chats. You're an absolute incredible human being. I love your energy and I love your uh, your aura. You know, we're all blessed to have you. Before I finish, uh, what's your positive message today? Finish on a good note. Um, trust your heart. Trust your heart. Yeah, and be glad about what it is that you actually want to do. Like, tune into your own why. Beautiful. Right. Lisa, it's Matlum Cork and Melish Gordon Matagut. Have a have a lovely little day. See ya. Namaste.